What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. How do you think Governor Pritzker has done during this extraordinary period? I think that depends on who you are. Some people think he's done a really good job and he's had the interests of the uh, state at heart and he has uh, been a uh, leader in the forefront of, of trying to contain the pandemic. And yet others uh, in the state can't stand them and feel uh, they're the they're kind of the Trump people who feel that he has uh, infringed upon their rights. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. It's that time again, time to look back at the year and what a year it has been with my two trusted colleagues, columnist Mark Brown and investigative reporter extraordinaire Tim Novak. Guys, thanks so much for joining us again. Happy to do it, although who wants to think about 2020 again? Yeah, if if, if I never hear the word virtual again, pandemic, Uh, There's a lot of words I'd like to, and 2020, we can just throw that one out too. When we go back and and tell our grandchildren about this extraordinary year, uh, I guess, I don't know what we're going to say. Let's start with Governor Pritzker's handling of this pandemic and Mayor Lightfoot's also. I think Pritzker started out extremely strong and kind of surprised me, frankly. I didn't know he had it in him to be such a strong leader. He closed the restaurants to indoor dining, not once, but for a second time. He has more more recently gotten pushback from that. But Tim and, and Mark, what do you think? How do you think Governor Pritzker has done during this extraordinary period? I think that depends on who you are. Some people think he's done a really good job and he's had the interests of the uh, state at heart and he has uh, been a uh, leader in the forefront of of trying to contain the pandemic. And yet others uh, in the state can't stand them and feel uh, they're they're kind of the Trump people who feel that he has uh, infringed upon their rights. Mark, what do you think? Well, I think he's done a, a decent job. And, and uh, I mean, the whole idea that somehow a governor of the state would want to blow up his own economy intentionally to, you know, uh, affect the, the national election. It's just 
bizarre. And it's, it's, the decisions are tough. I mean, the, the effect on people who have, who have lost their jobs, who have lost their businesses, uh, I, I mean, it is, it's devastating, but I, I, I don't, I've never really understood uh, the whole idea of blaming the governor for that. I mean, he's just a guy like any of us would be trying to navigate through an impossible situation, really. And the idea, though, that the General Assembly has allowed Pritzker to call all of these shots and not met at all, that Mike Madigan didn't insist upon it, that they didn't play a role. And I know we'll talk about Madigan in a little bit about how preoccupied he has been with the corruption investigation. But why has Governor Pritzker been literally doing all of this by executive order and fiat when the General Assembly really is the check and balance here? Well, you know, I, I do think there was a, there was a reasonable um, concern about the, you know the logistical problems of bringing the General Assembly together during the pandemic. Uh, you know, it's not just the legislators; there's staff, and you pull those people into Springfield and. You know, it, it's a it's a pandemic risk. I, I I share the concern that yeah, couldn't they have at least got back down there once more to uh, uh, if nothing else, but to uh, clarify for the for the people who don't believe it that they have given the governor that power. And but you know that that is in the law. The power is in the law for the governor. To, to handle it the way he has, and that's been borne out by the court decision. But, Tim, so he, why couldn't they have met on Zoom like the city well, council's that, been? That's what I – well, there's a lot more of them than the city council. There's 118 House members and 59 senators, and um, it would have been um, – a lot of little boxes on the screen if they had done well, that. Well, you don't have to well, have the all the thing, boxes at once. You you have a box when the person is recognized, you know, as well, the city council has shown. Well, they, they did, uh, they you know, when they did have the session, and I'm forgetting when it was now, uh, uh, the, the, was it at March? Uh, they did have one session, right? And uh, they did... Uh, you know, they, 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 uh, state law does not allow them to do it right now. So they advanced uh, legislation to do that, and it, it was defeated. Now, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I've never really examined the particulars of that vote, but uh, there was, uh, I, I, for one, I, I know the Democrats keep blaming the Republicans for defeating it. But since the, the Democrats controlled the legislature, obviously it was a little more than that. So um, I, I don't I don't know. Uh, Tim, that, what do you I, I think? also agree with that. What, what do you think, uh, Tim? Could they have met on Zoom? Should they have? I, I think they probably should have. I, they, could, they, had, they had a lot of time to work this out, as we all have had a lot of time on our hands sitting at home. Um, they just didn't, um, they left this, basically the, the legislature, in my opinion, abdicated this power to the governor and allowed him to keep, uh, enacting, uh, these 
you know, emergency orders, if you will. Um, it, it led to some lawsuits against the governor by downstate people, uh, Republicans who were arguing that he was doing everything by fiat. And um, that may be a political problem for him down the road um, with some certain sectors of the population, particularly downstate. But here we are. I don't think that there are many people who would agree that he did things incorrectly, that it was a bad idea for us to stay home. Um, again, there are obviously exceptions, but I think most people do think that the governor handled this pretty well. Let's talk about Mayor Lightfoot. This really played into her tough as nails personality. She closed the lakefront. She drove around the city breaking up large groups. She cut off citywide liquor sales, all of it inspiring a very hysterical stream of memes that she was clever enough to embrace. How has she done and what has surprised you? Mark, what do you think? Well, uh, again, I think people by and large, are willing to give their chief executive the benefit of the doubt on those kinds of decisions. The, the things that are clearly made for the benefit of the public good, you know, trying to protect people's health. I mean, where, where I think the mayor got in trouble was when it got, her problems got compounded by uh, the reaction uh, to the George Floyd uh, killing. And, you know, then, then, then one problem merged into the other. And, and uh, you know, then that became, I, I think, a, a big political problem for her. Yeah, the George Floyd, that, that seminal moment in American history triggering a racial reckoning across the nation, civil unrest that devolved into two rounds of looting in Chicago that seemed to really catch the Chicago Police Department flat-footed. She closes off, she seals off downtown belatedly, too late, calls in the National Guard, raises the bridges, and then the the looting spills over into the neighborhoods and she's accused of protecting downtown at the expense of the neighborhoods. A disaster. And the thing that struck me was that she was caught flat-footed and CPD was caught flat-footed not one time, but twice. What do you think, Tim? It's, it's going to be a lingering problem, I think, for a long time to come, um, years. If you go down Michigan Avenue, there are still stores that have never removed their uh, board ups. Uh, they're not even open. Uh, there are vacant storefronts like you've never seen before. Um, now you have police sitting in the medians on Michigan Avenue. Um, it, it, it's, it's got a very um, lingering uh, sense of unease when you go down there. Um, this is going to this is going to be something that uh, she's going to have to address uh, if she decides to run for election. I'm not sure that. Um, how, how she gets around it because there is a great deal of resentment from business leaders. Um, some of the uh, town's biggest names who were supportive of her are very uh, concerned about her ability to do the job. Well, her police chief 
she she went out and got David Brown, the retired Dallas police chief. Uh, she had his, her eye on him from the very beginning. She went around the police board to have her own search. Is he up to the job? I mean, here we are. We got caught flat-footed with these two rounds of looting. They finally have a plan now that ex requires an extraordinary use of manpower and reassignment downtown, use of all the city trucks to block off commercial streets. And Chicago is ending the year with the most homicides and shootings in decades. Is this man, the former Dallas police chief, David Brown, is he up to the job? Is she letting him do the job? Mark, what do you think? Well, of course, on, to your last point, is she letting him do the job? And we're all, we've all heard from, from the very start that, you know, that she was calling the tactical shots for the police. You know, is that is that true? I, I don't know. But, you know, certainly during uh, what I'm going to call the rioting, uh, the, uh, uh, that was that was what we were told. And again, that didn't go very well. I mean, the the the. the the problem is, I I don't know. As I even looking back on it, what the police could do in that situation. In that, I, I, I it was the first time in my life that I felt that the bad guys, uh, uh, you know, outnumbered the good guys. That there that there were enough people willing to more people willing to commit crimes than there were police that we could put out there to stop them. And that, that, that's quite a challenge. And, and I don't know that anything has changed about that. As far as Brown goes, you know, my, my impression is that he, he was not prepared for Chicago. He did not really understand Chicago uh, and, and, and maybe didn't understand his own police department, you know, if you're always going to get that with an outsider. There are upsides to an outsider. Uh, you know, we haven't we haven't enjoyed those quite yet, I guess. And he comes here and st establishes a what he called moonshot goal of of holding murders under 300. And here we are. We're going to approach 800. Well, and again, that's where I say you know a lot of this folds back into the pandemic. You know, I mean. There's, there's just there's just a lot it, it, the, the world is is we're people a lot of more people are under stress a lot more people are uh, in in bad financial situations there's there's just a lot going on that would you know spark strife between people people and, are also scared uh, scared from the shootings or scared from, I think, I think people are just scared. I, I think there's a great deal of fear. I mean, there's a story in cranes this weekend that the amount of vacant condos downtown is at the largest since the housing crisis. And there's a lot of people who were not, okay, a lot well, of people who were leaving. That's white fear. Let's, let's, let's put that on where it is. That's, you know, that's, that's kind of a different animal, I guess. Uh, none of those people are getting shot, right? They they all might think they're going to get shot, but they're not. Uh, the shooting is going on in the in the in the same neighborhoods where it always has, uh, and and 
these and these are the areas of poverty where there's you know there's some factors bigger than policing and again when there's a lot of crime i my instinct is not to blame the police for crime i just don't think that's the way it is and but, but let's look at one other thing here on the on the on the rioting and everything i do believe that and and i've never heard this directly that the mayor's number one priority during all of that was for the police not to you know kill people you know for there not to be an incident where they overreacted and then we had a bigger problem on our hands and you know they that's like a permissive parent though isn't it when they push and push and push and you don't take a strong stand if you're afraid and timid about it yeah but then they'll run all over you but you don't want anybody killed. You don't want anybody shot. No, of, course you, you know, not. of course not. But you do have so, to take a and strong and they, stand. Otherwise, they'll push you to a fairly well. I, I I understand that. But I would say that that is, is you know, during that first time go around, I, I did think that was a positive that as terrible as the situation was, it did nothing happened to push it up to the next level. Now, then the second uh, time when, uh, you know, that that was sort of a different animal, I guess. Uh, and, and that goes to what you're saying. Maybe the, a lot of people felt like because there wasn't enough of a pushback the first time, people felt like they could get away with it the second time. Uh, and let's, I still let's point think- out also that first weekend of looting was the most violent with like, I think, 20 murders in that one weekend. So uh, there was there was murder. There were there were no murders by police of people, but there were murders, plenty of them. We need to move on now to, of course, this being Chicago corruption this year. And we had the extraordinary deferred prosecution agreement involving Commonwealth Edison, in which they paid a two hundred million dollar fine admitting of a uh, to a decade-long scheme to lavish the friends and allies of, of Speaker Madigan, Speaker Mike Madigan, with $1.3 million worth of jobs and contracts, many of them to do little or no work in exchange for Mike Madigan's favorable treatment of a host of legislation that would uh, favor Commonwealth Edison. And we know how well Commonwealth Edison has done in Springfield over the years. They got pretty much everything they wanted. As the year comes to a close, the feds have burrowed into Madigan's inner circle with Mike McLean, one of his closest friends, if not the closest friend in politics, the former CEO of Commonwealth Edison. Where does this all stand now and what surprised you about it, Tim? It surprised me that they have gotten this close to the speaker. I'm not sure how much closer they're going to get, but they have gotten uh, very close to him. They've they've got the speaker trembling, uh, trying to cut deals to save his power, to save his uh, uh, power as the speaker, to save his power as the uh, chairman of the Illinois Democratic Party. Um, whether they will actually get that close um, is uh, still something that um, is up in the air because uh, there's a belief that Mike McLean will not um, um, rat out on the speaker. Um, I, I don't know if that's true. Um, uh, McLean hasn't been talking to many people lately. Um, 
it, it's it, the speaker has never been in in this much trouble, even though he has not been charged criminally. And Mark, you have written extensively about. Uh, the political fallout from all this, the 19 Democrats who have said they cannot and will not support Mike Madigan again for another term. He is now, as we speak, six votes, I believe, shy of what he needs, the 60 votes that he needs. Uh, Is he going to make it? And if he doesn't make it, who will make it? And what is a post-Madigan era likely to look like? Well, I still haven't been able to sort out how this is how this is exactly going to go. But as you say, he, as of now, he does not have the 60 votes that would be needed to uh, be elected speaker. And he seems clearly to be intending to push for a vote anyhow. And, you know, then... Uh, if he would be denied on a first ballot, then then you wonder what happens after that. Does somebody cave? Which side caves in first? And you know, it being Mike Madigan, you know, you're always loath to vote, uh, bet against him because he is a guy who seems to know to find a way. I don't see where he finds his path this time. He started by enlisting the uh, Black Caucus on his side. That's a group of, I think there's, well, there's 22 in the caucus, 21 who uh, have indicated a support for him. And they've they've endorsed him for another term. And then that sets up a, a very difficult dynamic, right? The, for the Democratic Party, uh, your, your uh, minority uh, legislators uh, say, hey, we need Mike Madigan uh, to help us uh, accomplish what we need uh, for our constituents and the, uh, you know, white uh, suburban and, uh, and, you know, north side uh, affluent legislators are getting in our way, uh, you know, this we shouldn't allow them to do this. So that's going to be a tricky, that's going to be tricky for everybody. Uh, and, um, you know, I don't think there's going to be any further action between now and then from federal prosecutors to uh, make the decision easier for anybody. So after Mike, I, you know, I've, I've for years we've thought about what the legislature would look like after Mike Madigan. And I don't know. I don't know who's going to emerge from this. Greg Harris, the majority leader, North side guy, uh, still in Madigan's camp, uh, very capable guy on uh, uh, policy issues. But do the people in the party see him as the guy with the political chops, uh, you know, to run the show? Uh, you know, from the from the uh, Black Caucus, you got Chris Welch, who seems to be the most popular member of their caucus. He's also the guy that just uh, ran the committee that did that was supposed to investigate, but really didn't. Uh, the Madigan. Uh, uh, ComEd business, and uh, uh, you know that's that's not going to be a, a point in his favor. Uh, so the Black Caucus is really sitting in the catbird seat here, aren't they? They have yes, the biggest I, I block of so. votes. They will decide who the next speaker is, or if they push their block of votes to someone else, that would start the tidal wave towards an alternative. Uh, they feel that they, with their aggressive agenda, 
their social justice agenda and all the other things that they want, that Mike Madigan is the one who is in the strongest position to deliver for them. And he has got to just say how high when they say jump. So really, they've never been in a stronger position. Yes, but many of us think they could have used that position to elect one of their own as speaker and still, you know, not lost anything. But instead, they have chosen to go this other route, uh, you know. And why? Why didn't they take a stronger stand and say, this is our time not to be in someone's camp, but to have one of our own? Tim, why do you think? I don't know. Um if they have the ability to cut deal with the other members who are going to back that agenda that they have. But um, I don't think this is going to be something that's going to be resolved very easily. It, it, you know, you read these stories about the uh, uh, election of Bill Redmond as speaker, Mark, is that right? Um, where it took many votes to get there. Or Tom Hines as Senate president. Tom Remember what that marathon thing wasn't that the one well yes there there was in the in the 70s there were two of these marathons bill redmond was uh elected the uh a speaker of the house and like uh, you know 80 some ballots and then a couple years later tom hines was uh elected on i I just wrote it but can't remember 187 ballots something like that now madigan was madigan was there for the bill redmond uh, 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 speakership and the and the intriguing thing about that one was that the way the way they finally uh, broke the logjam, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mayor Mayor Daley had a candidate, a guy named Clyde Schott from Southern Illinois, and Dan Walker, the governor, he had a, he had a candidate of his own, and they you know they they were at loggerheads and they had to uh, they had to compromise, so they picked. A Bill Redmond, who was a Republican, he was a Democrat from Bensonville. And the way they made it work was they got Republicans to cross over uh, to support the, the support the Democrat. Uh, you know, some people think, oh, that's a possibility this time. It's it's really hard to me imagine for me to imagine that in today's poisonous uh, partisan politics, that any Republican could think they could survive uh, switching over to support, uh, you know, Mike Madigan or, could some or any Democrat. Switch over, could some Democrats switch over to support Jim Durkin? No, that's not going to happen. You know better than that. Sorry. It's just, it's just, it's just not going to happen. That, that's I, no Democrat sure. No, I'm not sure not, anyone knows how this is going to work yeah, itself that, out. That's not going to be it. That, 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 that's not going to be it. When, when a strong leader leaves, if in fact Madigan does not make it as speaker, usually you have a vacuum, a period of weak leadership followed by at some point down the road, 
couple of years from now, maybe somebody strong emerging. And yet look at the problems that the state has, this gigantic pension crisis. The governor gambled his budget on the, the passage of the graduated income tax in, increase. And that in fact did not happen in part because of Mike Madigan. There are all these problems that the state has and you're gonna have this vacuum of leadership. How's that gonna play out? Well, I, you know, it, that, that could be a problem, but you got to remember that the Democrats have this super majority and, uh, you know, they, they can get a lot done of, of what they want to get done, I, I would think, even without Mike Madigan. Uh, but, you know, the big question is, you know, can you do that? Can you get through these next few years without a tax increase? And. You know, the Madigan says is told the Black Caucus he would support a tax increase. It's it that's going to be a tough if one. If the to, governor wants it, meaning he wants him to wear the jacket for the, it. Right, right. Of course. Well, yeah. And there's no sense. There's no sense ever. You know, for alleged. You know, for them to go for go that route unless the governor's on their side. And and it's that's unclear to me if whether he's going there. I think he's at least figured out. Oh, I've got to make some cuts first, uh, you know, to say to Shocking show that, that he hasn't uh, done it sooner. Shocking. Really? Yes, yes, yes. I, w I would agree with that. I, I, uh, they thought that they were going to pass the, the graduated income tax and uh, they, 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 they guessed wrong. And again, you just wonder how people would have reacted to that if it wasn't for everything else going on with the pandemic. I mean, the pandemic affects everything this year, you know, everything. And are you surprised, Tim, that the Congress is going to pass a stimulus, another stimulus, without replacement revenue for cities and states? So Chicago is up a creek for now, and so is the state of Illinois. Well, are we sure that's what's going to happen? We're not there yet. I mean, they're, they've, they've already come up with some additional stimulus money for you know, most Americans, they're talking about a $600 check. Are they going to uh, be able to move McConnell off that? I think it maybe it depends. Uh, it seems McConnell is worried most about reelecting the two Republican senators from Georgia. So uh, you know, if if they get there, I don't know. But we're we're looking at one. We're looking at broke governments wanting to borrow money from another broke government at, at some point. It seems that there's just not going to be enough money, however it gets redivided, which pocket you take it out of and put it in. Um, nobody has any money. And as we as we end the year, this police raid on this poor woman who was handcuffed naked, they got the wrong house again. Mayor Leifitz administration tried to keep the tape under wraps. The mayor said she knew nothing about it. This is a real problem for her because of the obviously how Rah Rahm Emanuel was accused of concealing the Laquan McDonald video until after he was safely reelected. Does this scandal have legs? Does it have the ability to really bite Lori Lightfoot? Mark, what do you think? Well, she did jump out pretty strongly to, you know, uh, say the right things and to get position herself in the right place. Um, there's but only still, after the video came out. Well, 
she said she didn't know about it till the video came out. Is if I if I understand this correctly, uh, That's what so she says, if somebody yes. so if somebody could 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 prove that to be incorrect, uh, correct. Uh, if, if, they could, they could, if that turns out to be a lie, she's in a she's in a lot of trouble. I I just I, I I've not I've not known her to be a a liar really. Uh, so uh, you know that's uh, I, I, I that would to me that's the only thing that would jump it up to that level. But it's a very it's, it was it was a terrible situation. Uh, I, I, and having seen the, the the CBS two story, I mean they. they they just had it cold. There's no, no doubt about it. I don't understand why the lawsuit uh, was thrown out. I, I, I'm still, I don't quite get that. And, and, and why this is uh, the woman's lawsuit. And, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, 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 it's well, a terrible situation. And, 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 it, and it reflects badly on uh, all of us, really, it, you know. But this is going to this. I think the I think the uh, watershed moment for her is what she does with her corporation counsel, right. because she seems today to be placing this on uh, Mark Flesner that she was lost her voice from yelling at him. He's a longtime friend of hers from the U.S. Attorney's Office. They go way back. There's a lot of people that don't like Flesner. People that know both of them. They're not fond of Flesner. She's always been supportive of him. I think at one point, wasn't he living in Naperville and commuting right, here? Or he right, and she stuck by him then. He, he angered the aldermen when he lectured them about how far they go on uh, demanding minority set-asides and so on. So he's not, it, he doesn't have any fans at City Hall. And it is, uh, in these situations, normally a head on a platter is served up. And I would right. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good he, point. <laughs> but if he is if, if he is her friend from, you know, 20 years or more, you would think that he would have the ability to see the optics of what his department and, and, and offer his resignation. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and either either he either he was incapable of seeing how this would blow back on her in the city or he didn't care. Okay, real quick before we go, what's going to be the biggest story next year in a few words, Tim? I still think it's going to be the pandemic. I don't know when we're going to get out of this. I mean, uh, there's, I read today where Google is telling its employees they won't be back into the office until fall. Um, it, it, the longer this pandemic goes on, the more havoc is going to be wreaked on, on the, the mental health of everyone in the world. Uh, on the on the health and future of businesses that you can't expect restaurants to stay shut down for a couple of years and come back. I, I still think that's the biggest story. And the education of our children too. Mark, what do you think? Well, it's hard to disagree with that. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll go out on the limb and say the biggest uh, local uh, political story will be, a, you know, having a new uh, Speaker of the House. Whoever that person I, I may be. Yeah, I got no idea. <laughs> Do you think okay. we'll have a casino next year? No. 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 Maybe it, maybe we'll be starting on a temporary one, but that's about it. Anyway, guys, thank you so very much. Happy New Year to, to both of you and a healthy one. And let's hope we see each other, all of us in person, and also see each other's faces, full faces, not just with masks. 
and we will see you all next year. 